So I'd like to just read the first three verses of Leviticus 13, and we will be doing a bunch of hopping around within the chapter, uh, looking at different verses, so we'll be going in and out of this chapter quite a bit. Okay, Leviticus 13, verse 1, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, When a man has on the skin of his body a swelling or scab of a bright spot, and it becomes an infection of leprosy on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons the priests. The priest shall look at the mark on the skin of the body, and if the hair in the infection has turned white and the infection appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is an infection of leprosy. When the priest has looked at him, he shall pronounce him unclean. And we'll stop right there. Now, imagine yourself an ancient, living in ancient days in Israel, and uh, you one day notice that on your body you have a white spot, and you even have a hair growing within the white spot. My question for you right away is, as you've noticed this, would you want to go to the priest and I'm going to say, no, you don't want to, because he might call you a leper. And that's going to change your life dramatically. So what we would do is, of course, we would say, man, let me get to a doctor right away. And let me see what kind of medicines or treatments he can provide. And this would have been true way back then, true today. So why does God tell these people to go to a priest? And the answer is because he's more interested in cleansing the soul than he is in healing the body. The greater need, as has always been with all of us, is always the greater need of cleansing rather than healing. Now, you know, if you attend church prayer meetings, that 98% of all prayer requests are for people's healing and not for cleansing. And there's a good reason why to talk about saying my soul needs cleansing is to be in a really vulnerable place before other people. They will probably take it wrong. They might use it against you someday. They will certainly feel awkward around you. But if you say, I have need for a healing, everybody connects with that. And there isn't that you know, awkwardness attached to that, really. Now, Healing, we know, is physical wholeness. Cleansing is spiritual wholeness. One day, our bodies will die, but the cleansed soul lives forever in the presence of God. So obviously, just by even that measure alone, you should much greater desire spiritual wholeness rather than physical wholeness. But the main reason, then, why the average Joe back in that day would want to avoid the priest, then, is the same reason you and I would want to avoid the priest. We would not want to be labeled a leper. And that's essentially what the first three verses immediately confront every Israelite with. If you get one of these conditions on your body... You go to the priest, you could be in a world of awkwardness, a world of societal 
trouble and problems with the people you live with, your family, your neighbors, your job. We would never want to be labeled a leper and all the consequences that come as a result of that. So every one of us would then try to cover up the blemish on our skin, on the face makeup, on the arm wear long sleeve shirts, try to cover it up, and you even try to hide it from people in your home. Because we wouldn't want people in our home saying, hey, you need to go to the priest. And they would know that because if, in fact, you do have leprosy, then they, by extension, are also now unclean before God. So you being in the house and allowing them to be around leprosy makes them ritually unclean. And potentially, they might even catch it. So we would just cover it up, just like we do with our sin. Our sin, just like leprosy, is shameful. Last week when Jesus, we saw him in Matthew chapter 8, healed the the leper. He didn't just heal the physical man. He healed the spiritual man. He healed the emotional man. He took away from him all the social stigma of leprosy. And he he reached down deep and, and cleansed him in terms of not just his relationship, but before people, family, community. But God, he now had the the right to approach God in worship. He did not before. And in one set of words, be cleansed, which is just one word in the ancient Greek, be cleansed, is all gone. And he was restored. Just the power of Christ, the compassion of Christ. And we saw last week that this man was full of leprosy. He had had this leprosy for years Covering it up, we could tell by the text. One doctor wrote this about leprosy, just so we can kind of get a better handle on it, calling it the mysterious disease. He said this, It usually takes about three to five years for symptoms to appear after coming in contact with the leprosy-causing bacteria. Some people do not develop symptoms until 20 years later. The time between contact with the bacteria and the appearance of the symptoms, called the incubation period, makes it very difficult for doctors to determine when and where a person with leprosy got infected. And that's the way it is with sin. It's so mysterious. It's incubation period between initial infection, if you will, and and the outward manifestation of it is so mysterious, it's so hard to track. And you know, among Christians, the worst thing is being outed for our sin. I mentioned last week about the Ashley Madison website hacking and dump. Another example that just recently came across our radar screens in the past couple of months is the Duggar family. And it's hard to say this, but The family, and all of them have been greatly shamed, were caught covering their leprosy. They had been covering up what was going on actually in their family. And in the Lord's providence, they have now had to go through a kind of social pain and stigma. Every one of us should just, it should secure our deepest compassion for what they've gone through. And yes, there is some room for some judgment in there as well, absolutely, but for us who have understood that we ourselves are actually in the same leprous condition, it's ought to secure our compassion. The world that you live in right now is celebrating what ought to be public shame. I can't tell. Is it Bruce Jenner or Caitlyn Jenner? 
that which ought to be utterly shameful and resoundingly rejected is actually embraced so that a man is called a woman. What could be fundamentally more strange than that? And this is the culture you and I live in. We uh, do not learn sensitivity to God through this world. For us in churches, we greatly fear being found out for our sin. In the world, there is a fear, but there is also the chance of being accepted on the basis of your sin, but not among us who are God's dear redeemed people. And so just as a leper covers his leprosy, so we in churches who still have a leprosy within us are pretty adept at learning to cover our sin. One encyclopedia describes leprosy this way. Leprosy appears in two principal forms. First, and by far the more dangerous, is called lepromatous. And the other, the more benign type, is designated tuberculoid. Both start with a discoloration of a patch of skin. In the leprotomous type of leprosy, the patch may spread widely in all directions. Portions of the eyebrows may disappear. Spongy, tumor-like swellings grow on the face and body. The disease becomes systemic and involves the internal organs as well as the skin. Marked deformity of the hands and feet occur when the tissues between the bones deteriorate and disappear. Untreated cases may be sick with leprotomous leprosy from 10 to 20 years, death occurring from the disease itself. The tuberculoid type is less severe, it tends to be limited, and even can be healed in one to three years. Leprosy is super visible, super awkward. Children stare at those people as they walk down the street. The protective mother of the newborn crosses to the other side of the street so that whatever might be coming off that man's body might not in any way affect her newborn. These are socially recognized and socially rejected people, and the pain that they go through is massive. Now, God has a very harsh prescription for the leper that made everybody fear obeying God's word on how to handle leprosy because it involved removal from the community. Join me back in verse 4, God's prescription. But if the bright spot is white on the skin of his body and it doesn't appear to be deeper than the skin and the hair on it has not turned white, then the priest shall isolate him who has the infection for seven days. The priest shall look at him on the seventh day and if in his eyes the infection has not changed and the infection has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall isolate him for seven more days. The priest shall look at him again on the seventh day and if the infection has faded and the mark is not spread on the skin, then the priest shall, the priest shall pronounce him clean. It's only a scab and he shall wash his clothes and, his, and be clean. Hey, that's the best case scenario. 14 days of isolation. Some of us would be going crazy. So you too would be very reluctant to go to the priest with any sort of a blemish on your skin that could potentially be determined as leprous. The South Sudan Medical Journal, in an article called Understanding the Stigma of Leprosy, wrote this. 
People with leprosy have emotional stress and anxiety, and because of isolation, they have an immediate decreased status in the community. And they become destitute, and they often resort to begging as the only means of survival. They almost always lose their spouse if they're married, or if single, it becomes impossible to get married. Leprosy also makes it next to impossible to find a job. All of which leads to doing everything they can to hide the leprous condition. Thus they will not seek the treatment, which is an antibiotic today, in order to get healed, but they actually get worse, and due to isolation they grow depressed and suicidal. And all of the studies show that females are more deeply affected than men. And by the way, as I said last week, you want to be really careful never to use the word leper because of how it stigmatizes a person. We call it today Hansen's disease. But for the purposes of a, a biblical sermon, the text of Scripture, we're going to call it leprosy because of the way that Scripture analogizes leprosy to sin. So what a horrible affliction leprosy is, isn't it? Just in the same way, sin is a horrible affliction on each of us. And like lepers with leprosy, we are all very reluctant to deal with sin, our sin, according to God's prescription. It was the great pastor, John Owen, who said, He who resolves not to be holy had best seek another God to worship. All of God's children in our all of God's dealings in our lives are to make us holy. In Romans 8:29, it says that we have we are being conformed to the image of Christ, so that every one of God's providences in our lives are oriented at this one great goal of making us a holy people, even as Christ Himself was holy and without sin. But the opposite of being made holy. And the great affliction in our souls is that we are, by nature, like the man who doesn't want to go to the priest to find out if the blemish on his skin is leprosy, we are all spiritually dull by nature. We have to be made spiritually sensitive. In fact, every one of us is highly sensitive to our own happiness in life and the avoidance of pain and the acquisition of pleasure. But all of that often presupposes a spiritual dullness to God. Peter Apostle said this, The day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and all its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? So to awaken the people of ancient Israel to their spiritual dullness so that they might draw close to God. He gave them Leviticus chapter 13, an extended analogy of leprosy with sin. Very helpful because it helps take the invisible, which is sin, and make it visible, which is leprosy. So start to ask yourself as we jump into the text now, how often... Do you get some sort of a deep blemish of some type on your skin? Pretty frequently, right? 
pretty frequently you get some sort of a blemish on your skin. And you know the older you get, the more you get it. Now, spiritual dullness would say, don't go to the priest. Don't go to the priest. It's probably not leprosy. I don't need to go to the priest. That would be spiritual dullness. But a spiritual sensitivity to God would take Leviticus 13 and say, you know what, I'm not going to wait for somebody to tell me I need to go to the priest. I'm going to go to the priest because I need to know if I have a leprosy or not. That would be the great illustration between a spiritual sensitivity to God and a spiritual dullness to God. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to know. I'm not going to go to the priest. I might get found out to have leprosy. The other man would be like, I need to know if I have leprosy so I can obey and honor God, God's prescription on leprosy, even if it affects my entire life. In fact, if you would, look at verse 9 with me. This is important. Look at verse 9. When the infection of leprosy is on a man, then he shall be brought to the priest. Look at that text again. Does the man bring himself or does he have to be brought by other people? (laughs) You see it, don't you? He's not going willingly. He has to be brought. This is kind of the background here behind the text. Go back to verse 2. When a man has on the skin of his body a swelling or a scab or a bright spot, it becomes an infection of leprosy on the skin of his body. Then he shall be brought to Aaron, the priest, or one of his sons. Because he doesn't want to go willingly. This is a reluctant man. He doesn't want to get caught. He doesn't want to be found out. And so finally, most likely, the people at his home or the people on the job, finally, after telling him and telling him, telling him, bring him to the priest. He won't go by himself. He's reluctant. He's spiritually dull to God. This is a person who is more fearful of leprosy's consequences than he is of God. He fears what would happen, just like we today would fear if our sin were found out publicly. We fear that more than we do God. And that is the telltale symptom of spiritual dullness, that we fear people more than God. We fear personal pain more than God, shame, social shame more than God. Spiritual dullness is the attitude that fears the consequences of our sin more than it fears God. And so the response is to do what the leper did with the possible spot of leprosy on his skin, which was to cover it up so we cover up our sin, rather than apply God's prescriptions and come to Christ with our sin and do with our sin what he commands us in his word. We sew together all kinds of fig leaves wrap it around us and hope that somehow we can say it's not leprosy. Join me in verse 10. Let's continue on. So here's a guy, he gets brought to the priest, okay? He doesn't really want to go, but he gets brought. The priest shall then look, and if there is a white swelling in the skin, and it has turned the hair white, and there is quick raw flesh in the swelling, it is a chronic leprosy on the skin of his body, and the priest shall pronounce him, here it is, unclean. He shall not isolate him, for he is unclean. That means isolating him within the community. No, he has to send him away. 
You don't isolate him within the community. You send him away. He must be sent away. What does that mean? Well, turn over the page to verse 45 of this chapter. As for the leper who has the infection, number one, his clothes shall be torn. Number two, the hair of his head shall be uncovered. Number three, he shall, un- he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. Reminds you of a movie, doesn't it? How hard is that? Go back to verse 18, if you would. Verse 18. Here's a, a situation, a, a common consideration of a, of a condition of a man who, who might have leprosy. And in fact, he does. Verse 18. When the body has a boil on its skin... And it is healed. So this is going to be leprosy inside the spot of a boil. But the boil is healed. Verse 19, in the place of the boil, there's a white swelling or reddish white bright spot. Then it shall be shown to the priest and the priest shall look. And behold, if it is, if it appears to be lower than the skin and the hair on it is turned white, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It's the infection of leprosy. It is broken out in the boil. But if the priest looks at it, and behold, there are no white hairs in it, and it is not lower than the skin, and is faded, then the priest shall isolate him for seven days. And if it spreads further on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infection. But if the bright spot remains in its place and does not spread, and only the scar of the boil, the priest shall pronounce him clean. So now this guy has the potential of leprosy in a boil, but he has to go to the priest to figure it out. And the priest examines it based on the earlier instructions back in verses 2 and 3. Is the hair white? Does the new outbreak go deeper than the skin level? Then he's isolated for seven days outside of the people. Very shameful. Now here's how it applies to us. Any area of skin that we have represents a weakened area in our physical body. And liable to infection. Likewise, there are areas of our souls that are weak and liable to infection. Such things could be due to your upbringing. Uh, There were maybe past sins that have introduced the power of sin into your heart in a uniquely powerful way that grabs a hold of you. Often early sexual experiences produce a grievous weakness into the soul. Or or quite differently, being raised by parents who were only concerned about your performance and and not your heart. Or, Or maybe as a child, you were teased and disliked by your siblings or by others at school. Maybe the result over time has made you to overcompensate as you got older. Today you are overly aggressive to please people so you won't feel hurt. Of course, you're never secure enough that things are okay with most people, so you're constantly trying to earn and keep their friendships so that really you won't feel hurt is the ultimate reason for your social interactions oftentimes. Now, here is God's solution to everyone, and it's not the solution you would naturally seek. God, instead of giving you prescriptions for all the areas of weakness that you have, instead, he offers you one thing, cleansing. 
And your creator knows what down deep, underneath the weakness, you actually need in order to heal from the bottom up and out. He offers full, genuine, spiritual cleansing at the level of genuine forgiveness of sin against him. It's glorious stuff, really. Because, you see, no matter how many of the weaknesses that are in your life are, no matter how many potential boils there are in your skin, spiritually speaking, they make all of us do the same thing, to hide ourselves from God. We try to cover our own weaknesses with our own remedies. They feel right to us, but they only cause us to hide from God. And once that happens, and that's a pattern, then to try to overcome our weakness we often resort to pride and arrogance, and it isn't even conscious. And as a result, when we get touched in areas of our life that are weak, then we resort to anger. Now God, who has no weaknesses, is slow to anger. Indeed, he takes thousands of years to take out his anger. He has no weakness. Jesus Christ was a man of sorrows, and he never sinned. But for all of us, anger is a daily occurrence. Whether it's intense like rage, or whether it's mild at merely being perturbed, anger reveals where we all hide our sin. There are very, very, very rare occasions when human sin, when human anger is justifiable, Very few are those indeed. So the overall scene here in Leviticus is a person who is damaged. Physically, just as a boil would damage a body. So rightly understood, Leviticus is coming to grips with the damage and and being cleansed from our weakness leads us then to seek God's treatment for our sins, for our weaknesses, instead of our own. Of course, that's going to require humility, which is a marvelous thing to wear because it always fits and is always comfortable, but humility exposes all these areas of our hearts, the the angers and the prides and the arrogances and why why we tell ourselves it's okay to think those things or say those things or act that way when none of them are actually okay, they only reveal probably just our spiritual dullness to God instead of our spiritual sensitivity to God. So let us seek treatment with kind of accepting that God will give us strength through his prescription. But you have to be even careful because even if we get healed of certain areas of our soul that are afflicted, we can even get proud about that and, and get looked down our long, holier-than-thou noses at others who aren't quite as advanced as we are. So even there we have to be careful because our souls are still damaged even as a leper's body is damaged. Let's move on to another condition that the priest had to diagnose, okay? Okay. Verse 24 to 28. 
Here's another illustration. If the body sustains in its skin a burn by fire, and, and then following on, I'll just pick it up here. Following on, he, Moses prescribes how the priest is to handle somebody who has a burn. Again, I would ask you, how often do you get burned? And maybe you have a hair grow out of it or the infection goes below the surface. Those things are pretty normal experiences for all of us, especially uh, those of you who cook the family meals. Getting burned is pretty common. You imagine every day you have to look and you're hoping and hoping and hoping no hair grows in there. And you're like, thankfully, I would have had to go to the priest, but oh, what about the time when a hair does grow? And oh my God. What do you want to do? You just want to, you just want to cover up that burn. You don't want to deal with it, right? And, and then you see, so there's even prescriptions on that. Then look at verses, like verse 29. If a man or a woman has an infection on the head or on the beard. Hey, how often does that happen? That's not that uncommon. This really more symbolizes human dignity, a man's beard, a woman's head, and the loss of it when you get an infection on it. And this is kind of dealing now with public shame. And, and, and so if you read through it, you find out that if the leprosy takes 14 days to discover, it means then that it's been being hidden for a long time, that the person who had leprosy has only been hiding it, and they were kind of flushed out and made to go public with it. How about this, a fifth condition? Look at verse 38. When a man or a woman has bright spots on the skin of the body, even white bright spots. How many of you have white spots even on your body today? A bunch of you do, right? I do. Verse 39. Then the priest shall look, and if the bright spots on the skin of their bodies are a faint white, it's an eczema that has broken out on the skin. He's clean. But you have to go to the priest for that stuff. You can't just say to yourself, well, I'll self-diagnose my condition. I'll self-diagnose because every time I self-diagnose myself, it's going to be, I'm not unclean. But no, if you're spiritually sensitive to God, you go to the priest. If you're spiritually dull, you say, I'll just self-diagnose my problem. I mean, that just happens a lot. So this really now mirrors exactly how a person comes to approach God. You have to start with a genuine self-examination and be honest with what you find. But you see, the expected response of any person about finding a white spot on their skin upon themselves is not to be open about it, but rather to cover it, to hide it, and thus pretend among people to be clean. And so, when we come among people pretending to be clean, among God's people pretending to be clean, but we are in fact not, we defile them. That's one of the mysterious things about sin. It's not just you, yourself, and, and thou. It's communal. Sin affects community. That's why the leper representing sin had to be isolated from community. We understand why, so his infection didn't spread. But there's a spiritual lesson behind it. Every time we come together for church, it's actually spiritually dangerous. Because there's a bunch of people among us who are lepers. And they're covering up their sin. They're not giving themselves a serious and sincere self-diagnosis and then going to God with it. They're spiritually dull. 
The preaching of the word of God, Jesus said, which is what cleanses, is the hope for that person to awake them out of their spiritual dullness, awaken them to their actual condition. It's the hope God himself will do a spiritual work in their hearts through the preaching of his holy word. I tell you, every one of us are in this condition, preacher as well as pew sitter, honestly. Maybe even more the preacher because, you know, you're the professional and you're the guy who looks like you're so holy up there. But in reality, you're no different. No different whatsoever. Not a bit. There's even a further condition. Would you join me in verse 40? In fact, let's not even read it, but it's basically from 40 to 44, it's the guy who's bald. But not just bald, but he has a little spot on his head when he's bald. How many of you guys who are bald ever get a spot developing on your head? It's not that uncommon. But you can imagine, you get another spot. I don't want to go to the priest lest I find out I'm leprous. It's really hard, though, to cover your head all the time. Other people are going to notice it. And thus other people are going to say to you, hey, you know, have you gone to see the priest about that? (laughs) Oh, that would strike a, a blow at our hard heart. People asking you questions that touch upon your sin? That's the way it is. So this forces men to do the work of uncovering their condition before the Lord. And this issue of, of baldness here is important because this is only speaking to you men, not you women. And what it's pointing out is our, our being in Adam, in Adam's headship. And, and like Adam did, how he avoided the acknowledging of his sin, even blaming Eve for it. And then we come back to these general prescriptions on how to handle all these different conditions of leprosy. Again, look at verse 45. As for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn. That little phrase there is used Three times in the Old Testament, it refers to a sorrowful kind of a tearing as at a funeral, showing that leprosy is to be associated with death. The leper, in other words, is no longer in the realm of life. He is no longer in the warp and woof of a community's life filled with people who are doing various activities of work and family and making food and interacting and walking down the street and making jokes and all the life of a community. No, they're separated out. They are now in the realm of death. It's just like sin, where the wages of sin is death. And so to be spiritually dull is to live in the realm of death. And to be spiritually sensitive to God and his words and his prescriptions and to take them as more important than anything else, protecting our own sins, is to be spiritually in the realm of life. Again, verse 45. The hair of his head shall be uncovered. One of the ways that men hide their their, um, leprosy on the head is to wear a turban on it in Eastern cultures. It's a highly um, honorable and a very dignified thing to do. But when there's a leprosy on the head, it's a highly deceitful thing to do. So God commands that for anybody who has leprosy, you cannot wear a turban on your head. Then look at verse 45 one more time. He shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. 
In other words, the leper is unworthy to speak in public. What he must say in public is only to make everybody else who gets anywhere near him aware of his contagion. Wow. Harsh. And look at what judgment the priest has to deliver. Look at verse 46. He shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Wow. Obviously, to keep the rest of the community clean from his leprosy, all the unclean people must live outside the camp, outside of the people of the Lord, lest the clean people become infected and everybody becomes unclean before the Lord. No wonder David writes in Psalm 32 how blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long, he says, For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. And you know, in reality, none of us can say we're truly clean. We have no leprosy hiding within us. There's just really the people who are saying, you know what, I have leprosy here and I have leprosy there and I'm just doing all I can to obey what God says on how to handle that issue. And then there's the others who say, well, I know I'm a sinner, but they really can't tell you where they're a sinner. Those are the dangerous ones, the ones who can't admit to themselves where they're unclean and then deal with it by faith in God, loving him by trusting him. Truth is, every one of us this morning lives among people who cover their spiritual leprosy. Therefore, all of us who come to worship God this morning come with the presence of spiritual danger lurking in others. And we can't get anybody else to unhide their sins, no matter what pressure you apply. We can only this morning, my beloved friends, we can only this morning be pressured into uncovering our own sin. This is the essence of a holy community. This is the essence of a people who are sensitive to God. They build up each other. So what does it take to become clean? Well, I'd like you to go back toward the beginning of the chapter with me. What does it take to become clean? This will surprise you. Join me in verse 12. Again, this is the priest being given instruction Notice what he says. If the leprosy breaks out farther on the skin, so this leprosy is going. This leprosy is taking over. And the leprosy covers, here it is, all the skin of him who has the infection from his head even to his feet. Do you understand? you remember what leprosy looks like? The white, splotchy stuff, plus all kinds of leprotomous materials of spongy, weird, hard, flake-like skin. From the crown of the head to the very bottom of the foot, realize what is being written here. In fact, at the end of verse 12, as far as the priest 
can see, watch this, then the priest shall look, and behold, if the leprosy has covered all his body, he shall pronounce clean him who has the infection. It is all turned white, and he is clean. Now this passage right here shows you that leprosy was not being given prescriptions in order to heal a physical disease, but to teach spiritual healing. Because what God is saying here is once the leprosy has so taken over the body that everywhere you look on that person's body there's leprosy, you'd think, well, then he's thoroughly unclean, but exactly the opposite. Nope, now he is pronounced clean, which would mean he gets welcomed back into society, and he's not to be rejected, and he's allowed to approach God in worship, according to God's word. This is the aha of this passage right here, verse 12 and 13. The leper who becomes totally white, totally leprous, is pronounced clean. See, because spiritually now, God has made it impossible for this man to hide himself, to hide his leprosy. He can't get away with it anymore. Every time you look, anywhere you look on him, his leprosy is before everybody because his leprosy is everywhere on his body. And so now this man has come to the place where now he knows he can't hide himself. And that while he was hiding himself, he was making the entire community unclean. But now... The condition of uncovering himself and showing that he's full of leprosy now makes him clean. And therefore now he is clean among the community. And so the whiteness here symbolizes cleanness. You remember the, back in Matthew chapter 8, we looked at it last week, the man filled with leprosy was a man who knew he was so thoroughly covered with leprosy that he had to go to Jesus even in front of everybody else and beg Jesus, would you please cleanse me? In other words, he knew that all he was was sin. He was full of leprosy. And of course, this is part of the Christian's diagnosis of himself. Otherwise, he has no regard for Christ or very little regard for Christ. If I'm only partially leprous, then I only need a partial Jesus. If I am so thoroughly imbued with sin that I am leprous within and without on every square millimeter of my body and in every internal part of me and everything that I am is by nature sin, then I need a great Jesus Christ. I need a magnificent Jesus Christ. I need a holy Jesus Christ who can plead before his holy father on my behalf and see me in my fully lepratized condition and love me in that lepratized condition and die for my spiritual leprosy and by that death atone for it before his Father. I need a great Jesus because I am so fully lepratized, so thoroughly lepratized. So the leper comes to realize in Matthew chapter 8 that sin is all he is. Just as the leper who's full of leprosy realizes leprosy is all I am. And so he comes to Jesus and asks Jesus for cleansing. And now all of a sudden, the worst thing that could happen to me, which is my private sin being publicly exposed, is no longer the worst thing that could happen to me. Now the worst thing that can happen to me 
is that I don't bring my sin before Jesus, my Jesus Christ, my great Jesus Christ. But that I hide it, I cover it up, I wear makeup, I put on long sleeves, whatever it takes. Now, really, you know, honestly, it's a great mercy for these people who get outed by the Ashley Madison websites, who's the Duggars. It's one of the greatest mercies of all of life that things come out in the open because after that, they, they won't likely go back to doing such coverings up again. And it's one of the kindest mercies of God. Harsh, severe, yes, but truly one of the greatest things that could be done. For any pastor to be outed, his public sin become known, is one of the kindest things God can do. Because all the while, while he's covering it, he's infecting the community with uncleanness. The Bible's very clear that in Adam we all die. We sin and then we cover our sin. And the more we sin, the more we cover. And the leprosy spreads until we are either found out in this life or we die. No wonder in Psalm 51, David looks to God and says to God alone, Purify me with hyssop. This is after the public finding out with Bathsheba and Uriah. Purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Metaphor. That deep, searching work. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Any of you identify with this this morning, beloved? Anybody else in here a leper beside me? Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And just let's wrap it up this way. Imagine for yourself a moment here that you are that leper that Jesus healed. You were filled with leprosy, now your skin's perfect, you're restored to community, you're restored to being able to worship God. Two years later, you get a boil, or you get a burn, and there's a white hair within it, and it might be going below the surface, or you have an infection on your beard, or you have a white spot on your skin, or a spot on your bald head. What do you do two years afterward? You were cleansed two years ago. You who have come to Christ and have been cleansed by his amazing work, you have come to him by faith and faith alone and have found in him a mighty and powerful Savior. You love him dearly, but that was two years ago. That was how many years ago? That was time ago. But today, you're struggling with sin. Of course you are. Of course you are. What else could we be doing we who are in Adam. So your reaction to now finding this boil or burn on your skin, the new infection, is going to depend on your attitude toward God. Do you trust God with your sin or your fig leaves sewn together? And so... Each of you, beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord, how sensitive are you to God and his word versus your own 
ability to cover up some very deep things that are very frustrating and very painful to each of you, all the way to your beloved cores, down very deep. May I beg you to pursue the spiritual power that comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. He loves you in your struggles and failures with sin and deeply desires you to come by faith and to trust him and his prescriptions, no matter how harsh they may seem at the time, even as they must have to the leper or the potential leper, to come to him by faith and love, trusting him. Let's pray. Now, Almighty Father, if it were not for your great love for us, our leprosy would be unable to be seen. There could be no actual forgiveness for it before you. We would actually be those, Father, who even if we were to wear clothes that were torn, have to cry out every time we met people, unclean, unclean. Oh God, we would have to do these things and there would still be no promise or hope of forgiveness, restitution, hope, inner cleansing, life, joy instead of sadness, happiness instead of frustration. As long as each of us, oh God, covers our sin with makeup and long sleeves, the sadness must increase, the leprosy must grow. So have mercy on these dear people and on my own soul that I trust you in the gospel with my sin. And give us each the power of the Holy Spirit to deal with those things, Lord, that are like leprosy. And now, Father, we want to come to your table to the Lord's table, this being the Lord's day. Oh, how humbled we really are right now before you. Oh, it's like coming back to the cross of Jesus Christ where we originally realized the, the depth of our, of our unclean problem. And so together we get to come. Oh, bless this time. For Jesus' sake, amen.